0: In the last episode, I talked about uh, upgrading my bucket over time and emptying certain things out of my bucket. I talked about a chapter of my life, which was obviously huge door opener, the non-profit work we did in Nepal from the ground up. And I actually got to a point where we stopped doing that work. Now, the decision to stop doing uh, non-profit work actually came when Nick Abraham and I were on a trip uh, to Europe. In 2018, poor Nick, he'd spent years living in Nepal, and this was his first actual proper holiday after some very grueling and and uh, burnout-inducing work and and time living in Nepal, Uh, the guys at Titan. So it was great, you know, to go over there and relax. But obviously, because we were relaxed and away from things and in a different headspace, we're talking about the work kind of overall. And the mission and what was working best and what was not working as well. And Nick had started doing construction work alongside, you know, s- starting this charity and nonprofit. Um, so, you know, on one hand, we were building schools and fundraising to do that. But then on the other side of things, Nick had made this company because everyone had learned how to build. Having no volunteers to work, uh, he'd used locals, right, to do the work those locals had learned how to build and then he was able to create jobs for them by setting up a company, which is really cool. So on this trip, we realized that the company was definitely having most of the impact and and positive outcomes for this community. So that's when we decided to actually stop doing the non-profit arm of it and just focus on the bit that was working best. Uh, And it also fit the best in kind of our lives at the time. For those of us involved in From the Ground Up, So welcome back to the With Joey B podcast. Um, We've talked about the bucket. It was part one last time. Now it's the bucket part two. And uh, basically the full time trap or the importance as well of emptying the bucket. I want to talk about those two ideas uh, today. So we've got that first example, which is really uh, hits home the importance of emptying the bucket. Now, if you look at, I think it's... uh, Yuval Noah Harari, that the author of Sapiens, a famous historian and thinker who I believe does a two-month retreat every year. And I think it's silent. It's either one or two months and it's silent. And he kind of just obviously goes and I don't know that much about it. But obviously kind of shuts off and he's away from things. And it's pretty consistent feedback from most people who, who take a break or take time to do that kind of deep Uh, deep uh, shut off from everything is that it helps thinking a friend of mine also Jono uh, he talked about this doing a silent retreat having no screens mobile phone or anything with him and we asked him what his experience was like and he said the hardest the biggest challenge was not having a pen and paper to write down all the ideas I was having it was just that powerful to open up his mind and let new things in or out, whatever's going on there. And he just found it incredibly powerful. And I I just, all the people I talk to, when you go on holiday or you go on retreat, or you do something that breaks the routine you're in, in other words, something that empties the bucket kind of for for a while, you get to look at things critically and objectively and often make the, the best and most important decisions about how you fill that bucket back up. On the 2018 trip, Nick and I not only stopped uh, doing the nonprofit work, which Scott was was involved in as well, part of the leadership for that. We came back and we decided that we needed to restore the social fabric of our lives too. We'd spent so much time working on our businesses and projects that we'd kind of withdrawn a bit from feeling connected to people. And the next year was when we kind of got into the things like. I never stopped I got laughed at the other day for talking about it so much on a deep thinking podcast, but karaoke. Um, but we became social. we, we can't, instead of just drinking and going out to socialize, we started to get back in touch with you know having proper conversations and doing new and different fun things, um uh, making more time during the week to kind of socialize and have dinner on Wednesday nights and things like that. And I, I feel like that has given even the work I'm interested in doing more depth and clarity the social element i really view it as one cohesive thing i don't work in a vacuum disconnected from all those people in my life i do the work for and with the people in my life directly and indirectly Uh, i just have a different way of thinking about work and, and balance so that trip was a huge turning point in my life it changed the whole energy and focus and who knows what I'd be doing now if it hadn't been for just that time away. So time away, time emptying the bucket enables clarity because there's no expectations, there's no day-to-day heat. You know, it's kind of like when you play a game, there's always the coach plays a very specific role in the team. The team is playing the game, they're in the game. They're reacting moment by moment. You can't think about the overall position, structure and strategy of your team's organization when you're trying to win the header, or you know, you know, go go up for the alley oop, or make the tackle, or hit the shot, and that's why the, the coach, whose job is just to look at the whole thing, has a great perspective. Now, in our own lives, it's hard to have a full-time coach. People try and outsource it with varying degrees of success. It's hard to escape playing both roles. Challenge is it's hard to really hard, almost impossible probably to do them at the same time. So when you're caught reacting to things and you're in systems, it's much harder to look at the whole thing from the coach's box. So that's the value of emptying the bucket. Now, the point in the bucket was more to understand what's in your life. You normally make time commitments and engage in things. You can't engage to everything. You can't pick up every opportunity and fit in your bucket. If you really want to put something else in and your bucket's full, sometimes something's going to go out. Now, in the blog piece, the bucket and the 80% rule, talked about played around with this idea of the 80% rule which is not a hard and fast metric by any chance but i raised the importance of I want to stress the importance of continually looking and scanning for what could go into your bucket we talked about it in the last episode so basically want to repeat and reinforce that idea if you're not if you don't keep looking and keep your eyes open to what's going on in the world it's easy to lose perspective on what you've got in your bucket now You know, you you can take your pick of any great author or entrepreneur who will have no shortage of opportunities and they have the luxury of being able to say no to all of them, which might might be a headache having to say no all the time, but the luxury of being able to say no all the time because you've got so many great opportunities competing to get in your bucket is you get to every time stress test the quality of the things in that bucket so right now I'm doing this podcast, right? It takes a certain amount of time and I do it alongside my writing in the blog. So there are always new things and different things I could be doing and spending more time on, right? More time on do hat labs, uh, more time on real estate, maybe other ideas that come up along the way. And each one of them comes, comes across my, my, my desk, so to speak, it comes across my field of vision, but I get the opportunity to always look at them in comparison to what I'm doing now and always reaffirm no this is the best thing to be doing right now. It's not that things can be dropped at the dropped at the sign of a hat, but so that's why I like the 80% rule and I want to talk about the full-time trap because in reflecting recently and looking at the especially the lives of those people around me and how my life has been different since I've been able to take a bit of a step off this year in 2020 even though you're listening to this in 2021 is is that yeah having that gap in the day and time to think, even when it's not a holiday and it's not a complete break and pause, that, that perspective leaves room. It leaves room to think about the big picture, to be the coach of my own life and to consider, to consider a whole range of things and how they fit together. The problem with, and I know a couple of friends who are inspired to do more project-based and flexible work and their own projects and get creative and solve problems for other people and a very have beautiful inspiration and energy but they lack the resources especially the time resources because working full-time is really hard it commands almost all your energy during the week or your or your work based energy you know I know that there's time after work to do things on the weekends but also there's also a natural need to as I talk about with astro the dog walk the dog and the dog needs a break every now and then, it's really hard to go, go, go. You know, if you're fighting, you know, to get out of poverty or something like that, you know, you'd have that hurt motivation probably to spend every waking hour working. But if you have real commanding long hours with your job now and full-time work, it can be a bit of a trap. This is not advice for everyone to go and quit their jobs. But there is a beauty to be found in, you know, maybe having 80% of your focus on a core pursuit and professional discipline, then also having 20% room to kind of pursue and investigate things. And from memory, please don't quote me on this, I believe that's the idea behind Pixar University. So Pixar, the company, allow their uh, team, uh, 20% of their working a lot of time to go and explore their own interests and projects and use resources from the Pixar University that they've collated and keep for them. Uh, Or I believe it's things they can learn about, sorry, within the university. But they allow that time for that clarity and expression. And what happens? It's kind of smart. If they still want to work at Pixar, they get to obviously keep exploring new things. And it's almost like that 20% should never be filled. That energy and time taken to be able to explore and do new things hopefully never gets fully filled and taken away. But it also gives them perspective on what they're doing now. And that enables you to confirm, no, this is the thing I want to be doing now. And then you can probably double down on that instead of flaking, right? You don't want to distract people, worry about them leaving. It seems like that culture is about showing them the great reasons to stay. Ironically, by giving them access to more, you know? Now, the ultimate example is probably the project we ran be launching probably around the time this podcast is out is that it's the first book by Duhat Labs first project rather, which happens to be a book where we got obviously the the six other authors plus Scott and myself to write basically um, about advice to our 18-year-old selves or basically what turned into just writing our stories. And obviously this was just very time efficient for everyone to do. So the couple of people in our, the authors for our project who are um, working full-time jobs because this was a short-term project, it was a bit of a sprint it wasn't too commanding, energy and time-wise, to write this. Write a, just a chapter for the book. If they'd had to write it over a year, it would have been a much bigger challenge. But the whole focus of Do Hat Labs is is lowering that barrier to entry. And rather than a sales pitch for Do Hat Labs, that's a sales pitch for that idea of how can you lower the barrier to entry? Because something you might be able to spend a small percentage of your time on might blossom into something big. You know, eighty-twenty rule, right? Not all effort in is proportionate to the reward, the reward that comes out. Often what you spend 20% or 10% of your energy, time, and effort on might produce 80% or more of the rewards. So that's a little bit It's just a way of thinking about it. There's no hard and fast rules. There's no perfect solution. But the reality is if all your time and energy is locked up, you are forbidden from investigating more. I mean, if you don't have time to read books... At the very least, which is the lowest barrier to entry to new ideas and perspectives that, that exists. If you don't have time to listen to an audiobook, then your bucket's probably quite full and so heavy that you're not moving around and you can't find other things. So you'd have to be quite satisfied with the room you're in now. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. You do what you always did, you get what you always got after all. So, questions How full is your bucket? when's the next time you're emptying your bucket and how will you follow the 80% rule of thumb remember if you're listening for the first time to go back to the start this podcast is meant to be consumed episode by episode in order that they were made ideally and also remember to share this with others because the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others Thank you very much. This has been the With Joe Eby Podcast, and we will see you again tomorrow.